Well, this is Kim Honeycutt, and I am the president of ICU Talks, which, as you probably know if you're listening to us, is a mental health speaking ministry. We are going to speak openly and honestly about our mental illness, our emotional struggles, and until mm-hmm. shame is taken out of the church. We're going to keep being mm-hmm. big-mouthed and do what we do. Amen. Amen. So the amazing voice you just heard <laughs> is a good friend of mine. Her name is LJ. So LJ's in the house. Could you introduce Hello. Your- Hey, hey, hey. So LJ is one of our volunteers. Yep. And sooner or later, she'll be a speaker. Later. Later. (laughs) She chose later, folks. (laughs) She chose later. But she's here with us now speaking. So very glad to have her. It's her first time being MC with us. And if you've been around us, you know the only qualifications to be a part of our circle is to um, have a diagnosis and medication. And you are in. (laughs) You are both. Yeah. <laughs> both. High five. Well You're, qualified. Yes, ma'am. So we also have a very special guest here with us today, my friend Amy, who resides in Florida, just happened yes. to come all the way from Florida to be our 20-minute speaker for the month of June, and she is calling in right now, taking time out of her day to be a part of us. So Amy, will you just do a quick introduction, please? Yes. So, hi. Thank you for having me. My name's Amy Eaton. And hi. Hi. (laughs) And yes, I'm in Florida. I'm sitting by a beautiful lake right now. Loving life. Well, so are we. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because I I spilled some water earlier, which is a true story. (laughs) That is true. That's a true story. So that's our little water. Well, that is fantastic. Well, thank you for taking time out. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt about your dedication to ending the stigma against mental health. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Because for your audition, you came to Charlotte, all the way from Florida. Mm -hmm. You've come other months just to to come, just because the topic resonated Mm -hmm. with you. And then you came month of June to be our speaker. And Mm -hmm. I I just, I applaud that because there's people who live in Ballantyne who won't drive up. To North Carolina <laughs> to be a part of what we're doing, right? Even what, down the street, mm-hmm. even down the street, because it takes a lot of courage to walk <laughs> into what we're doing anyway. So we understand that completely. So you spoke. You're a 20 minute speaker. The topic was repurposed pain, and yes. will you just give the crew like a one or two minutes or one or two sentences kind of thing summary of what you talked about? So basically, I've experienced a lot of pain in my life. And I've really wrestled and struggled to reconcile that pain with a good God. Mm -hmm. And so basically, um, God has worked in my life and brought me to a point of seeing not just that he is good, even in the midst of my pain, but that there is value and there is purpose. And much like Joseph, when Mm -hmm. his brothers came to apologize to him and you know, he said um, he forgave them because he said, look what you intended for harm. God intended for the saving of many lives. And that's really what God's kind of spoken into my heart is that um, the lessons he's taught me and the love that he's spoken to me is not just for me. And so I just want to share that with other people and give them the hope that our pain is never for nothing, that yeah. God always uses it. Yeah. And that makes it that redeems it. Yeah, it is. But you it's not easy to get there and it's actually understandable that people no. don't get there and mm-hmm. I, like you sound like you wrestled just like jacob wrestled with god like it yes. was just it's been a fight and a lot of screaming and crying but that is mm-hmm. relationship right that's relationship yes. to, to just not go along with it to go along with it right? mm-hmm. you've had a lot of questions along the way 
I have, and there was a long time that I didn't think that God would allow me to ask those questions. So I really suppressed them. Right. And it's interesting because God's moved in a very obvious way to people outside of me in the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, but what my story is, is, is that I've been seeking God and going after him for over 20 years. And so my story is not that I was rebelling against God. And then all of a sudden I embraced God and he began to change my life. <laughs> you know, like my story is that, um, you know, through seeking God and through a lot of times that I thought he wasn't there for me and I thought he was causing more pain and rejection, he really brought me to a point of looking back and just kind of like opening my eyes, like, like how the disciples, like um, Jesus's disciples, like after the fact, you know, Jesus kind of opened their eyes to be like, oh, now we understand what all of that is. But in the moment, they're like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> so I spent a long time just really like confused and like, do you hate me, God? Like, what is going on? And um, so I think it's important to know that, that, um, you know, we can be seeking the Lord and still be struggling. And that's OK um, to not give up in that. That's right. You know. And so what was it like during those 20 years when everyone around you was embracing God and you were struggling to do that? Did, you know, I envisioned myself in that situation being just isolated, mm -hmm. but surrounded by people. Yes. Can you describe that? Mm. Well, I just, I just couldn't understand because, um, you know, I was diagnosed, um, I was not diagnosed with bipolar until my late 30s. I'm in my early 40s now. But the symptoms of bipolar really began to manifest themselves uh, in college. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, at that time, uh, was just oh, diagnosed with depression. And so that was very evident. And, you know, um, one of the passions God has put in my heart is to really um, – be a voice of change and how the church universal treats mental illness mm -hmm. and just emotions in general. Yeah. Things that we perceive to be negative emotions and, and, you know, I call it spiritualized denial of, you That's know, suppressing good. and rejecting ourselves and what we feel using scriptures to do it. And so basically, um, as I began to experience classic bipolar symptoms, um, when I was in hypomania, well, I got a lot of attaboys for that because <laughs> I'd be inviting a hundred people to church. I'd be out on campus, right. you know. Right. I didn't need to sleep, you know. I'd be just yeah. going, going, and I was in—I was a campus intern. I was in the ministry at that mm. point, and so, you know, it was like, yes, good job, good job. But then inexplicably, I would crash and mm. I would what it felt like is, I mean, I would literally I think a lot of times people who have an experience don't understand that mm. depression is very physical, like physical pain. It's not just emotional pain. And I could tell I remember times of waking up and knowing it's here and not knowing what it, you know, is. Mm. But um, the way it impacted me spiritually is I would just, everything that had been so clear before was completely confusing. God felt so far away. Mm. Nothing made sense. You know, I wrestled with anger and pain and all these things that I thought were so bad. And so um, a lot of people tried to help me with that by quoting lots of scriptures. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not understand why to go back to your actual question, mm -hmm. um, 
why I was doing what they told me to do and it wasn't working for me. And so I really got to a point after years and years of thinking, okay, either God is not real or God is not for me. Mm. And that's a scary place to be. Yeah. And understandable, man, it's very well said. And, you know, there's also, Amy, like a comfort that if I'm told, if I pray more, my depression go mm-hmm. away. If I really love the Lord, I would just automatically quit drinking. Well, then because, I have control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the misery of that I can't do it, that I'm not good enough is so comfortable mm-hmm. for me that there's mm-hmm. like, I'll stay there. I'll stay mm-hmm. right there because that's what I've always known. I'm not good enough. Now I got an entire institution. I got an entire church all over the world saying I'm not good enough. And I'm high five in that. That's not, yes, a, that's, not, absolutely. that's not a new message. It's not the good news. It's just the news I've always known. Yes. And it, it's that familiar message yes. that initially you reject, but then you come to just embrace because it's the familiar right. path. And absolutely. I mean, I went through a good um, 15 almost 20 years of, yes, I was seeking God, but I completely stopped seeking to use my gifts that he's given me um, to, to honor him because it was too painful. It was too painful to strive and to connect with people. And then I would crash Mm -hmm. and it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. Um, And it got to a point where it was, it was easier just to bury those gifts and just not to strive. And not to try because then I wouldn't fail. Right. Because you're striving to, to their goals, <laughs> to their you mm-hmm. know, attributes and aspirations. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. Right. You know, yes. with anything and let alone now this, this, um, mm. heavenly father. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, you never find the unique love God has for you because it's what someone else has prescribed. Right. Right. And that's exactly it is when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, what I came to realize, and I talked about this in my talk, it was a big aha for me is I realized that um, as a child, I felt out of control and confused my, by my environment. And there seemed to be no rhyme or rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to I tried to figure out the rules and obey them as perfectly as I could. And that gave me an illusion of control. I still didn't have control, but you know, it felt better. (laughs) It it felt like I had control. And in the same way, I realized, you know, again, after years, I realized, you know, I've been trying to control God with my good behavior. Like I've been trying to make myself valuable to him. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't from a bad place. I mean, it was a place of desperately wanting to be loved, (laughs) you know, it was a place, but, but what it looked like was a lot of legalism and Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, I, I, what it, what it came down to is I didn't believe God actually loved me or wanted me as I am Mm -hmm. in my brokenness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I just got to tell you, like, I just love, you know, like I'm not the person ever wants to take away someone's pain. I'm not that person. I know mm-hmm. that's very common for people because whatever mm-hmm. it took for you to speak so well and to have this yes. internal depth, I mean, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Cause you know, a lot of us are given opportunity to find this kind of internal beauty and just realism, mm-hmm. this a real experience with the Lord. And if we listen to everybody around us, <laughs> we won't get there. Yeah, like you had to, you had to navigate through twenty voices inside your head, and then twenty voices on the outside, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, well, like you know what's noise. funny, Kim, yeah. is that, <laughs> you know, I, I use dark humor a lot of times. It helps me to cope. Right. <laughs> and so one of the things that I kind of chuckle at between me and God is I'm like, you know, I prayed for many years. Like, God, help me. Because I knew I learned what codependency was. You know, like I was trying to do everything mm-hmm. I could do to overcome. And so, you know, I learned all of these things. I just, I can't change my own heart. Right. And right. And even along the way, I mean, God did things along the way, but I was very wounded, you know, mm-hmm. so, and still am, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't just change overnight, you know, mm-hmm. it's miracle after miracle. And so the funny joke between God and I is I'm like, God, I know I've prayed that you would free me of this people pleasing and codependency. So what does God do? He makes virtually everyone in my life disagree with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> virtually, you know, where I literally, I mean, I, I was in the midst of my marriage falling apart mm-hmm. and, and, um, and getting a divorce and I was the one who 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 chose to get the divorce, which is something I never wow. I mean my wow. there were multiple, you know, multiple divorces in my family and I had vowed I would never do that to my child. And mm. my scandalous testimony is that not only did I get a divorce because allowed me God allowed me to, I got a divorce because God told me to. Wow. Yeah. And that's very yeah. scandalous and blasphemous to some years. Right. But to me, it was not a giving up. It was not mm. because I couldn't endure the pain anymore. It honestly was a surrender and a letting go and a trusting the Lord right. that I had never known before. And unfortunately, um, I spent many nights crying out to God saying, you know, what do you think about me? Cause I know what everybody else oh, wow. does. And is that wow. really who I am? And I mean, I just, it was a lot of crying and yeah. a lot of just being still before the Lord and, but just asking him, who am I? Like my questions changed because for my whole life, it was always like, you know, I came to a point where I was like, God, I will obey you, but I will never trust you because what am I trusting? (laughs) You know, I would get so mad when people would say, just trust God, because I'm like, that works with your life experiences, you know, like that works, you know, you've done this and this, you've gotten this, but I'm like, what am I trusting? Am I trusting that God protects me? He doesn't protect me. You know, I I mean, he does sometimes, but not all the time, you know, am I trusting that, um, you know, that, that bad things are not going to happen. No, bad things keep happening. And not only that, you know, I believe I was seeking God in the midst of them. And, you know, so I'm right. like, how can I trust you, God? And so God really brought me to an amazing point of just I'd come to a point in my own recovery. Um, and what I mean by that is I had abused. I, I joke that pretty much any way you can abuse, I've either been abused or abused it (laughs) myself. And so, you know, that in of itself was many years of just stepping into, to, you know, all kinds of things to numb my pain. And so thankfully God had brought me to a point in my recovery when I was in the midst of my divorce and people disagreeing with me and much other pain where I knew what not to do, (laughs) but Mm. I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, everything in me wanted to cut or drink or, or, you know, just take prescription drugs and numb out, you know, just all of these different things. And, and I knew I don't want to do that because Mm. I, you know, want to get well. I want you God. And so he changed my questions and my questions, he, he brought me to a point of peace with the why, why, why. And my questions became, who are you and who am I and what do you think of me and what is true? And that was really when I began to experience a level of experiential freedom that I had never known before. Wow. That's amazing. And and in that freedom, I know there's 
certain things about your freedom and what your experience was that you just didn't get to share the night that you were here. Yes. Do you want to you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, so really it's just what that time what was going on during that time because I always thought like like when someone would get up on stage and be like, for 40 days, I fasted and I prayed and I cried out. Right. Like, I'm like, well, shut up. Of course, God came to you. You're practically a saint. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, of Unless course. you're anorexic. Like, you it's a little me. easier to fast when you're anorexic. <laughs> yeah, so you like, I'm questions. not consistent in anything. <laughs> you know, like, I'm all over the place. And so the shocking, shocking thing to me is that God came to me in the midst of my despair in the midst of my anger and I basically came to a point where it was very clear that something spiritual was going on there were mm -hmm. so many horrible things going on at the same time and so I really just began to talk to God and I remember it started with just I thought of Job and I thought of you know I knew Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord and I it, it felt like a Job experience because literally my life was just coming down mm. <laughs> everything was shattering mm. and I just thought I can't say that so I just started crying I said God help me not to curse you help me not to curse you like I knew that I was just like I was a, I was done you know I was like I can't take this anymore and I knew that that like everything in me wanted to curse the Lord everything in me wanted to say I'm done you know I'm done with you oh. you know even if you are God I want nothing to do with you, you keep hurting me and so I just began with help me not to curse you and just in my heart, like just kind of leaning into him. And rather than numbing, I just thought, God, I'm just going to feel it. I'm going to feel I'm going to sit here in the pain and in my mind's eye, lean up against your chest and just help me not to be destroyed because I, I still have such a depth of sorrow in my soul right. that it feels like I will get lost in it. And what God began to show me is that. I could sit there in his presence. I could feel agony and yet him somehow him being there was preferable. That mm. pain was preferable with him in the midst of it wow. than being free of the pain. I came to a point where I wanted him. I wanted his presence wow. more than to be free of the pain. And I just, and I started telling him, I'm like, you know, you, I'm angry at you, you know, like right. you're God, you know, you're, you're always right. I'm always wrong. You're always good. I'm always bad. I'm never enough and all that. And, and just kind of accusing him. And that's when he really, and I alluded to this a little bit in my talk. That's when he really started showing me. Cause I was like, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to be me. And mm. it's so unfair and all mm. this. And, and I had always thought I couldn't say those things. That was like being a victim and feeling sure. sorry for yourself, which is like the ultimate, you know, shame, to, you know, in my right, mind. Right. And so what God really began to show me is, um, is Jesus. And he was like, I do understand Amy because, and I chose it. I chose to be weak. I chose to enter the injustice. I, I chose to feel what it's like to struggle. And that just, that, that changed everything for me. The fact that he chose to it, like basically, and he did it because he loves me basically right. that he would rather, he wasn't lording his authority and power over me. Like I accused him of, right. he was willing, he valued me even more than that. And that was the beginning of me becoming convinced of his love and that he loves me. And he came to me when I was in a wreck. And so I began to trust that he loves me as I am. And that changed everything. Oh, that's, that's a lot of embracing, not just where you are, but who you're questioning of who he said you are, mm -hmm. who he is. And I mean, there's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's just clearing up the wreckage of your past 
and then at the same yes. time being okay with being a wreck. You know? Yeah. And then getting to the next place, it's now become a ministry for you. Like you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting more and more opportunities to speak and to speak this deep truth mm-hmm. that you have. I know you're getting to do This Is Brave, which is a huge, huge yeah. organization opportunity. Excited about that. This come up and other things are coming up as well. And so as we mm-hmm. start to close this down, like, is there any like final message for someone who's out there who has been in the church or heard about the church in such a negative way? Mm-hmm. Is there like if they could hear one thing from you about all of this, about your experience, what what would you what's the one thing you would say to them? I would say I mean, it, it sounds trite. It doesn't sound deep, but it's true. I would say God loves you as you are. He loves yeah, you when you're a wreck. Yep. He loves you when you're doing great. Like he loves you as you are. The whole wanting you to clean mm-hmm. up the message of the cross is not be the best version of you. Right. The message of the cross is be the truest version of mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And when you are the truest version of yourself and you take that before the Lord, you will find that he embraces you and he loves you and accepts you. And you're just as you should be in his presence. And a lot of people don't get that, but it doesn't mean it's not true. That's exactly right. So well said. So well said. So Amy, we could spend five hours with you. Um, just being <laughs> bathed in your wisdom and love. And I just want to thank you. And, and I do want to do this again with you at some time, because I do mm-hmm. think there's more to this. And I think he has such a strong message for people. Wouldn't you agree, LJ? Oh, definitely. I would love to hear how you um, accomplished something after 20 years of struggle. Yeah. Coming into the light mm-hmm. like that. Right. How do you stay in the 20 years? I, I don't, I don't even do that. Right. I'd be worn out <laughs> so just from that. that. And yeah. I think it's also yeah. important just to like really highlight that I'm still in the midst of it. I'm right. still struggling. I'm still in pain. And yet I'm okay with that because... Right. Um, because you repurposed I, it. Because you he's really with me. Repurposed yeah, pain. yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm I'm at I'm at peace with even in the midst of the pain, and uh, yeah, and that and that he could use us right. like that as right. we are, That's you right. know. That's right. So thank you so much, Kim. Yeah. I really I, I, I appreciate you I, so much. I appreciate ICU talks, and mm. it's just it's a refreshing place to feel that love, you know, that I believe God has for us and that acceptance. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for that. Just know you're part of our, our family and, uh, and thank you LJ for being a part of this mm-hmm. and to the, to the yes, listener. Thank you LJ. Oh, yeah. You're most welcome. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. To the listener. Thank you for being a part of this. And we're going to bring Amy back at a different time and get more of this, of how, how do you have your, your pain, your medical and mental diagnosis and not becoming mm-hmm. still be who he says yes. you are that is what it's about yes. so thank you all mm-hmm. for listening to this and we will catch you next time on icu talks podcast here voices